0: Together we're having candid conversations that help you understand the challenges that a product manager faces, how they overcome them, and the tools and frameworks that will help you thrive in the role. So let's start the show. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jeff Schulman. I'm the founding director of the Product Management Center at the University of Washington. We are here every single week on Clubhouse and in the How to Succeed in Product Management podcast because we want to give everybody access to some knowledge from some of the best product managers in the business as we work to develop a more diverse, inclusive, and skilled product management community. And each week we have a different topic. The topic this week is managing up. And Sandeep, I'm going to put you on the spot here because you recommended this topic. We'll get to know who you are in just a moment, but first just dive right in, sell the topic. Why do aspiring product managers and new product managers need to know managing up? And what do you mean by managing up?
1: So product managers often wear multiple hats. Many times we just make sure that things are going as planned. And many times we have to wear, uh, play the tough role of either disagreeing with our management with the leadership with the owners sometimes we just have to go and uh, change the direction so therefore making sure we are able to drive this conversation for the betterment of the product for the betterment of the company and most importantly for the betterment of our customers being able to manage up being able to set the right expectations with our bosses our uh, leaders and their leaders It is super important skill that every product manager should have.
2: So the topic of managing stakeholders or managing managers, managing up, whatever you want to call it, I think is uh, important to every role. And for us product managers, because we tend to lead many efforts that are interdisciplinary, that have business impact that many people care about, it's even more so talking about some of the types of the managers or stakeholders or people you deal with, some of the different personalities and the challenges that come with each one of them, I think is an important topic. Actually, some of these, uh, when we start talking about different personalities and different challenges, they apply to anyone on the team in general, but there's some nuance when it comes to people who are uh, in the the leadership or C-suite position because of their influence and the amount of success that they can help you with as a PM. So I'm excited to dive deeper into this topic for sure.
0: Thank you, Sumea, for your enthusiasm and for the explanation of why it's important. Bala, I'm going to put you on the spot. So I'm going to give you the, the softball question, which is tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey as a product leader. And the second piece of this is after you've had a chance to get that out and tell people who you are, what is different about managing up versus a conversation we've had quite frequently on this show, which is managing, influencing stakeholders. So what's different about managing up versus other stakeholders that you might need to influence?
3: Hi, everyone. My name is Bala. I'm a PM at Meta and I previously worked at Amazon and Morgan Stanley, also as a PM. I'm excited to be here today and to answer your question, Jeff, about what's different with managing up versus managing stakeholders. The first thing that comes to my mind when I hear the phrase managing up is making sure that you are actively managing your own perception. The perception that you are giving off to people who are way more senior to you, which I think plays a critical role in your success as a PM and also growth as a PM. And the second thing I think that comes to mind is when you're managing up, you're talking about how do you align what you are trying to do for the product, for the business, with the vision that leaders in your organization have for the product and the business And how do you, at the same time, build allies, if you will, within people in senior leadership positions, which, again, helps you succeed as a product manager in your current role, but also plays a critical role in helping you get to the next level?
0: Thank you, Bala. Really uh, great to have you here. And then, Sandeep, I, I threw you right into the wolves with explaining why you chose this topic and why it's important because I always like to give the why first. But now I want to know a little bit about you. Tell us about your journey as a product manager. And then after you've done that, dive into some of the challenges. What's the biggest challenge that somebody could foresee when they're managing up?
1: About me, I've been a product manager for one week short of 17 years here at Microsoft. So next week it is. Right now, my role is that of a PM manager, which is which means I'm a manager of product managers. I lead a stellar team that is responsible for building the Windows 365 product strategy and the next generation of its end-user experiences. The scope of work is pretty wide, right from endpoints to the networking protocol to the experiences in a cloud PC, as well as the partners we work with who are not only just internal but also OEMs and ISVs independent software vendors CSPs you know cloud service providers and so on so given this whole scope of not only the technology but also the relationships the product managers on my team including myself have to maintain being able to manage conversations manage stakeholders it's super important yes uh, managing stakeholders is distinctly different from managing up, mainly because what's at stake here. Generally, when we talk to stakeholders or customers or our peers, everybody is, okay, you know, we're hearing it together, let's make it work and all that. But when you're managing up, of course, that is there. But people often are scared about, okay, what if I raise my voice on something that is not right? But what if... It impacts my career. Like, is this going to be a career suicide, even though it is the right thing for the customers? And so on, right? You, You get the drift there. Those are the things where a lot of people are very sensitive and concerned about raising topics that are not, you know, widely agreed upon. Therefore, managing up comes with a lot of additional responsibility on the person, in this case, the product manager, than managing stakeholders. For example for managing up we have to absolutely understand not only the immediate person that we are going to uh, talk to for example maybe our manager we have to understand what kind of manager they are are they open-minded are there things going on that we don't know of you know are they sorry for saying this but are they as smart as you are do they have all the information and therefore, you know, the smartness is really relative because, you know, many times product managers tend to have a lot more information than the folks who are a little farther away from the actual product. And then, of course, how new the managers are and so on. And these are the questions that we have to get answers to for every level we are going to manage up to. It is a really complex situation, almost like a correlation analysis equation where we have to find out all the variables and give a different weightage to them, and come up with the equation where we can actually land the message. So given this complexity, it is never a one-track pony. It's never a same solution, works for all. It is a long game. It is a very carefully crafted, well-practiced game that we'll have to play to make sure that we're able to manage the expectations, land a tough, contentious message in a way that people are not killing the messenger, but getting the message and doing the right things eventually for our customers.
0: All right. And so I want to get uh, deeper into the best practices for how you could manage up and make sure that you're not quote-unquote putting your neck on the line, but that you, you're willing to, to stand up and, and do it what needs to be done. Uh, but first, I want to just get some concrete without giving away confidential secrets, but concrete examples of times it's gone wrong. So either you have failed, you did something and you failed in managing up uh, and you learned from it, or as a leader, you've experienced somebody did something that uh, you would caution others from doing. So I want to hear from all three of you about like a specific example, again, not giving away confidential secrets, but just for us to see concretely like, oh, I should avoid doing that specific thing that, that you did and, and what you learned from it, or that specific thing that somebody else did. I'm going to call on each of you, but I know Sumea is always, she's like Alexa, uh, that she always has an answer <laughs> for any question. <laughs> so before I put our guests on the spot, Sumaya, do you have something for us?
2: Yeah, I was actually thinking about this uh, uh, as we were talking about the topic. One mistake I made, this is one that might not be intuitive, but basically I've early in my career, I always only focused on my manager. (laughs) I didn't worry about their manager or other peers. So I put all my eggs in one basket and that's the manager I was working for. And I just focused on making sure I anticipated their questions. I, you know, I made them as successful as possible. I did my job as well as I needed to. And invariably, other things would happen. Either that manager would leave or I would need, you know, the business unit would, let's say, be shuttered, and I need to look beyond it at other business units. And so my sphere of influence and management network was extremely limited. And so when I'm thinking about managing up now, also to support my own manager, I think beyond just them, because to make them successful also... I think I need to think, not I think, but I know that I need to think about their peers and what they think about and their boss as well.
0: Bala, do you have uh, an example where you've seen and learned from a failure in managing up?
3: First off, I think piggybacking off of what Samaya just mentioned, one of the examples that comes to mind is exactly what she mentioned, where you invest, I think naturally you invest a ton of time in building a very strong relationship with your manager. And there are many forcing functions for this, like weekly one-on-ones and so on and so forth. But I think to be a successful PM, it becomes very important to invest that time, especially in this hybrid or virtual world uh, that we're all working in, to invest in building those relationships one-on-one with not just your manager, their manager, and also the peers of your manager and the peers of your skip level. And uh, earlier on in my career, I didn't know this and didn't do this. And I think it begins to show in uh, the quality of conversations you're able to drive, the level of trust you're able to build with stakeholders across the board. You know, relationship building, um, to Sommya's some point, not just with your manager, but with your manager's peers and your script level's peers is important. The next thing that comes to mind from a from an example or an experience I had is Waiting too long to bubble up something that you know is a big issue. of It could be non-alignment with a stakeholder team, an important stakeholder team, or it could be missing deadlines because of a huge technical glitch or a problem. It could be a number of issues, but an issue which is potentially going to massively deter the timelines that the organization has set, the deadlines, the targets the organization has set, or the goals we're, tra- we're all trying to reach. I think waiting too long to bubble that up or to escalate it is another mistake I made earlier on because I think Sandeep was alluding to this earlier. In managing up the challenges, you're often worried <laughs> and anxious if you come across as maybe not capable enough, maybe not decisive enough if you take a problem, people in senior roles. But I think the opposite is actually true. It's actually treated as a success if you bubble something up sooner rather than later. Of course, you have to be thoughtful about it and you have to invest the time to present the issue in a way that helps them make a decision and help you make a decision. I think bubbling uh, issues up sooner is the next mistake that comes to mind.
0: Sandeep, anything that you've seen, I don't know if you could take it from both angles, something you've done that you wish you didn't and you learned from and something that uh, hopefully somebody who's not currently on your team in case they're listening, but somebody who's been on your team in the past, uh, something that we could learn from what they did? Absolutely. I
1: would start off with what Bala said towards the end, which is don't go too fast on it. It is okay to slow down and be methodical. So go with that. One. And two is the what is generally not the problem. The how is the problem. All leaders absolutely want to make sure that they get to know what's going wrong and what could be fixed so that all the customers, all the users are doing better. The how they understand how we represent is where generally the problem is. That's where my learning was. I was trying to do, again, very similar to what Samia said, uh, how it's so not just my manager, but also all the way, making sure everybody's aligned. But in this case, in my case, it was kind of opposite where I went to the other extreme and didn't really spend a lot of time in the upfront. So that was my growth area early on in my career. I was I was f- fresh out of college. I would talk to the professor very often. So I'd go direct to the professor. And professors are generally the authority there. So there isn't Like uh, you go to a professor and go to somebody else to get something, the class, that's how it works. Great. And in my case, I thought, okay, great. I'm new to Microsoft. Let me just go talk to the CVP. No worries. Everything's fine, right? I know everybody's laughing right now. So I did that. I made sure that the CVP and I were on the same page. We did everything right. But it turns out that everybody below were having other things going on, they they wanted a really methodical approach for not just that one problem, but a more scalable approach across multiple products, multiple versions of the product and how we do things and all, which was if I were to step back and see, yeah, that is the right thing to do. You just don't solve one problem. You come up with a way in which you're solving the same problem for multiple products, and then you go with an approach to CVP where you're very careful about, the five minutes that the CVP would spend with you because, you know, they have to look at many other things and that is the right use of their time. So my big learning is I went and said something which were great, but the thing that, was, that I was proposing wasn't going to scale across 20 other product lines that the other people were doing. So please don't jump. Please have faith in your direct leadership and their leadership and so on and come up with a very methodical way in which each level you go, you're representing everybody at that level, which means if you're going to your skip level uh, and talking about something, you are actually representing your manager as well. So that is something is a big learning for me. And ever since I picked that up, it has things have become smoother. And I grew tremendously because that was a big area that I did not know right out of college, how to manage a project across multiple product lines. And that was my learning. Along the same lines, being on the other side, that's that halo effect with respect to a solution being shared or a change in direction being shared or anything of that sort is something that I always look out for. Look so anybody on my team or anybody on the sister teams or partner teams who would come up and say, Hey, here are different things that could be done for Windows 365, let's say end user experiences. And the way I look at it is, okay, great, you're suggesting something. How do I see this in the light of a user coming from a Windows device, user coming from a Mac device, Android, iOS, right? That is one way of doing things. Or how do I look at this with users coming from a particular country versus different countries? So having that scalable thought-through model, being able to present the solution in a particular way, and then being able to take that thing that was presented to me and be able to present in a language, uh, by language here I'm, I'm really referencing to, in a way that can resonate with the leaders, is a growth area that I often see product managers need to spend time on.
3: And I just wanted to add, I think that language, to Sandeep's point, varies organization to organization, company to company. So I think it's a good idea for people just coming in to, you know, even ask, how is it appreciated or valued to take some bubble something up in this organization or in this company and to watch others do it and learn from it?
0: You've each given some great learning lessons from experiences of what not to do and, and how to improve upon that. You know, I should have started with this first because as a product manager, it's always important to know what success looks like. And so as it relates to managing up, I'm curious what success looks like. I want to hear from Sumea first, and then I'd love to hear from Bala, and then we're going to move to Red. I forgot to introduce Red. We got so excited when he came here, and we didn't give him a chance to speak. So that's our agenda here. So what does success look like as it relates to managing up? How do you know if you're doing a bad job? Uh, Sumea first, and then Bala.
2: I think on the spectrum of success, of managing up, on the extreme success rate, or, or when you have a lot of success, you have two things. That are working for you. One, you have a fan in your manager and their managers or the leaders that you actually interact with. These people or stakeholders that you're managing up to, they are your fans. So what that means, one, they support you in your work. They support your team. Resources are coming your way. There is a a light that's a spotlight that your project is given. And I know that this is not true all the time. So to me, this is unlikely to be true all the time. But when it happens, it feels amazing. It builds on itself. Everyone on the team, on your product team, the people you work with day to day feels it. you feel it and it just creates a lot of momentum. So that's extreme success. And then there, on that spectrum, there are things lower degrees of it, but ultimately it shows up in one, you achieving your personal goals and two, achieving your product goals. I think for us PMs, if we're able to do those two things and we get the resources we need and the support we need and the accolades and the credit the product team gets, those are, uh, um, you know, the success factors or criteria I look at.
3: I want to start off by saying to everyone hearing us today, you don't have to guess if or not you're being successful in managing up. I'm a big believer of open communication. And I think the best thing to do is to keep those communication lines open and to ask. Ask your manager, ask your skip level, ask for feedback from you know, cross-functional stakeholders that you are managing up with, and ask them how better can you manage communication with them? Are you over-communicating? Is it the right level of altitude, right level of detail? Would they like to be pulled into additional details? Um, so I think open communication and asking um, is what will give you the best answer without you having to guess. The second thing that comes to mind, I think, is similar to what Somea mentioned, I've noticed when I'm doing a good job of managing up, not just, you know, my direct line of reporting, but across uh, multiple functions and organizations, there's a general sense of things moving pretty nimbly, smoothly. And I think overall, there is a sense of established trust across, again, cross-functional stakeholders and across multiple organizations, which sometimes takes a long time to build. But I know I'm doing a good job when uh, the team's morale is very high and when there's this established sense of trust that comes through during meetings, during offline chats, so on and so forth.
2: Also known as the wind in your back, you know, like in sailing. (laughs) It's it's an amazing feeling for sure. Yep.
0: All right. So Red, we got some agreements already. I know what you want. Uh, Now it's time to get it. So, Red, the floor is yours. Tell them a little bit about yourself, your role, and how they can get involved in today's conversation.
4: Absolutely. And, you know, I love when everyone agrees, but come on, lame. This is TV, or actually it's pod. Do people say pod, Jeff? I don't even know. Well, either way, today's podcast is specifically designed to help the conversation we're having tonight on Clubhouse be more inclusive to those who could not make it. So in an effort to make this reach the outer world outside of tonight's conversation, we're recording it into How to Succeed in Product Management's podcast available on all your podcast providers. Also, to help those who did join tonight get a leg up for making sure they could actually make it, you get a chance to ask questions to those on stage tonight. That's right. You have the opportunity to, if you're new to the industry, ask a question. It doesn't matter if it's a simple one. Everyone has this experience in their life when they get hired. They're going to have to know the difference between managing up and doing their job. And eventually, as they grow beyond principle to manager, how to manage back down, as well as the tug of war between up and down, as we just talked about. So we have Safat, and I do not read last names here out of privacy reasons. One thing I can think of is not having the data surrounding or supporting an issue you're trying to highlight or address to the SLT. This often affects the confidence your manager may have about you being present at the table, and this could quickly become difficult to reverse. So actually, this isn't a comment, and I take this as a question, but this is real. What happens if you're trying to have a conversation up, and then they ask you, where's the data for this? At what point does the data help you? And what point does the data hurt you? And how should you even come prepared for a conversation in an organization if they're gonna ask you questions like, where's the data? So I, I think if I if I may, Bala, you did come off mute first. What was your response? To this
3: one? I want to start off by saying, I would never go up to say my skip level. Maybe it's okay to bring up with my manager without having all of the supporting data yet. But if I'm going up to my skip level or one of their peers, I always make sure I have some level of supporting data, and it's always okay to say, "Hey." I'm in the preliminary levels of, you know, investigation into this issue. But, you know, based on what I'm seeing so far, this is my hypothesis. It's it's totally fine to say that and get their initial thoughts. But it's just critical to have data to back up your point of view when you're going to leadership teams. And this ties back into what I was saying earlier around making it easier for them to make a decision because everyone is very busy and has very limited time, and you're asking them to help you make a decision on something, you know, they're not working too closely day to day with it. So I think it's our job when we're managing up and taking such issues to leadership teams to provide all of the context, but also the supporting data. And when I say data, I want to make sure, you know, it's a little nuanced. Um, Numbers are great, but sometimes you have to dig into the qualitative aspects of data behind the numbers. So I just want to caveat with data doesn't always mean just numbers on dashboards. It could be customer anecdotes. It could be a lot of things that we see day to day as product managers and a lot of details that we get day to day as a product manager.
4: Phew! I was worried I'd have to tell people how to do V lookups in Excel, <laughs> but we're safe. No, that's a really, really good point and spot. Thank you for bringing up this question. Uh, so that's okay. Th- this isn't me stoking controversy, but we what I kind of heard just now was avoid going to the skip level at all costs. And if you do, it's not the data volume, it's the how you present it and being mm-hmm. conscious of what you're
0: actually about to do, which is skipping your manager. But, um, Red, I'm oh. going to give you some controversy. Oh, we have a product leadership cohort program here at the product management center where future product leaders get to hear from their from executives of what it takes to get ahead and they also get to learn and share and connect among each other. And I don't want to name names but one of the speakers specifically said that uh, she would encourage people to escalate more than they're they're inclined to do. So she was encouraging escalation as uh, fa- happening faster. So I don't I don't know if it's if we have controversy because I'm channeling somebody else, but maybe Sandeep or Sumaya can chime in or Bala, we came off mute so what do you, what's your reaction?
3: Yeah, I just wanted to quickly respond to that. By no means did I mean to say we shouldn't escalate. In fact, like I mentioned earlier, I'm a fan of escalating as soon as we think we're at a you know blocker situation. So escalations are good. I don't think they're a bad thing at all. It's just that it's it's always essential to have the supporting data and rationale
4: when you're escalating. That's all. Well, that was a very rational answer because Jeff just tried to throw chum in the water. And I got to tell you, Jeff, I'm a big fan of uh, controversy. And Sandeep jumped off the you I tried here. my
0: best. It's like every conversation, we try to stoke controversy. And then it's like, no, but I kind of agree. There's just more nuance to it. But that's maybe, Sandeep, give us something.
4: It's product managers, Jeff. That's, that's that's who our audience is. If you had a group of salespeople, you know there'd be blood in the water. So, Sandeep, what about you? <laughs> what about you?
1: Well, let me start off by saying this is a very legitimate controversy. The reason being there are times where we want to go fast, and there are times we want to be very measured. Same thing with managing up. Sometimes it is okay to go forward. You know, like Bala says, we should try our best to get as much information. But sometimes landing a message is more important than backing it with absolute scientific data. Again, It's not that we should not have scientific data, just that taking time to get that scientific data might result in more disaster than escalating sooner. In a single word, the answer is, it depends
4: and look he just drops his mic he drops his mic ambala you came off mute <laughs> your mic is <laughs> no when
3: sandeep said as always it depends i was going to say you know that's that's the answer to almost everything <laughs> in product it really depends on the situation
0: <laughs> it does it does and that's what we always hear uh, and it sounded like Sandeep was going to give us some controversy. And then it just again, Red, it always happens that it starts off almost controversy and then it comes down to it depends. I want to dive deeper into that, though, Sandeep. I'm going to put you on the spot to try to bring us some controversy. Make a bold statement as to when you think you should absolutely not escalate to your skip and when, when do you think it's appropriate. And then let's see if Bala or Sumeya can disagree with your bold stance here.
1: Uh, you have a SEP2 incident where the customer is not able to connect and therefore they're completely down, escalate right now. If you're going to thinking about something that should be invested in the upcoming semester so that the customer could be
0: 10% more productive, be more data-driven. Ooh, I love the concreteness to that. Sumeya, any scenarios to add or uh, do you disagree with it all?
2: Well, I, you know, as um, Bal and Sandeep were sharing their thoughts on this, I was, I was thinking about something that uh, I, I sort of think about a lot, which is, what is the definition of escalation? And early in my career, I was very much about, oh, I need to follow this protocol, and these are the people I need to reach out to, and then what I found is that those people I needed to reach out to in like documented escalation scenarios that we have for example situations where uh, like Sandeep mentioned uh, the the customer's revenue or availability is impacted or our revenue is impacted those are clear ones but what I I wanted what I wanted to bring up is these people that you end up escalating to are people you should develop relationships with so that when you are in these nuanced situations where you're not sure, you can actually have conversations with them. It's not about, hey, I'm escalating this to you. It's more about, hey, can you jump on a 10-minute call? I, I want to run something by you. And so it creates, it creates a great area for you as a PM to do what feels right, to be able to not escalate if you don't feel it's the right thing, but also get input and another set of eyes on a decision that you feel might be a high-risk decision. And of course, bringing supporting evidence and thinking through what's missing and what's not. I'm a fan of when you're starting early and things are ambiguous, all you need to highlight is the data you have and the data you don't have. And because if you are thoughtful about that, any question anyone has about what about and what about all those gotcha kind of questions, you already have answers for them that say, this is the risk associated with that. And this is the kind of data we need for it. And we don't have that data. But after we do X, Y, Z, we're going to be able to get it, etc. cetera. So that was a long answer, but I I just wanted to highlight here that as part of this conversation around stakeholder management, yes, there are the very clear things that are black and white, that you probably have them in a list of process and procedures for the team. And then there are the things in the middle. And for those, build relationships so you can pick up the phone or, you know, write a text message and get a quick answer.
1: Yeah, that was absolutely spot on. Uh, so may I, I was going to suggest uh, networking as uh, a topic for future if it's not already done, but certainly that's absolutely right. When escalations happen, I give this example to almost every product manager that I have mentored. Think about the following three words being asked by different people. What the heck? Imagine that coming from your sibling or your best friend has a very different impact. Imagine that coming from your parent. Has a slightly serious impact, but maybe not. Imagine that coming from your professor. It has a different impact. Now you're a product manager at a company. Imagine that coming from your manager versus that coming from the CEO of the company. Huge impact. The same exact three words. What the heck? Why is it very different? There are things that could be at stake that is bigger. Therefore, the CEO is asking versus the manager. But if you had a different relationship with the CEO, if you were, in this case, even the skip or their skip, if you had a very good relationship with them, you know what exactly you have to answer. You know exactly why they're asking, and therefore, you know what to answer. So therefore, building that relationship on an ongoing basis is extremely critical. That networking, that relationship building is absolutely the core of product management. Everything else is just activity. This is an intangible uh, that is so important to the success of a product manager.
4: And this is the mic drop moment, right? This is where you say, I did it. I said it. Bala, what do you think about that? Because I saw you both were going to jump in and I want to make sure... I, I can't find a reason to disagree with this. So please, uh, Jeff, you know, what? take it on record. This is the first <laughs> time he, he touched on the keyword here, networking. So please, anyone who disagrees with this, you got to deal with me and Sandeep now. Let's go.
3: No, I, I, I think I agree for the large large part with what Sandeep said about networking, plus one to that, because, you know, it's it's a huge part of, again, like I was saying earlier, being successful as a PM and also growing as a PM in your career. And I learned it the hard way coming from a culture where you're taught to put your head down, do the work, and results will just show up. Um, That uh, managing up, advocating for yourself, building those relationships, uh, networking, is just so critical to success. But the point I was going to make earlier was going back to Jeff's question on what's the framework you use to decide whether or not to uh, um, escalate or bubble something up. My framework is if it's something... I feel equipped to uh, resolve or tackle or come up with a recommendation for, then I do it. If it's an important call, if it's a risky decision, then I just FYI, my manager, their skip level, you know, XFN partners at their level and say, let me know if you disagree. That way you're saving them the time if they all agree to not even respond to you, right? They're like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm good with this and they don't even have to respond, you're being respectful of their time. If they do disagree, then great, it it sparks a conversation. So I really like bubbling up information, especially when I feel equipped to come up with a solution, a recommendation, whatever that might be, to say, just FYI, this is the path we're taking. This is the issue. This is the path we're taking. And let me know if you disagree. Now, if it's a difficult call with competing priorities, you know, difficult trade-offs. And you have to, at that point, I would call it an escalation because uh, there's one, one side, for the lack of a better term, that believes in A, another side that believes in B. And it, it's just a difficult situation to navigate. And you need someone higher up to provide some guidance. In that case, I would say escalate. But as we were discussing earlier, with as much supporting information as possible, again, to help your leadership team make a decision.
4: Well, I, well, I appreciate the the input. And uh, I think that for everything that was just said, it all started with a great comment in the comment section. And I want to encourage everybody to understand you have the power to get the answers you need today, or if you feel like you have something that is empirical, this is the truth, and you want to put it in there, and we can challenge that. Now I'm waiting for someone to get back to me about a question. And I wanted to mm-hmm. raise, and Jeff, with your permission. The ultimate controversial question, and I got to tell you, if this doesn't get them to disagree, I don't know what will. You know, we were scouring Reddit for the most controversial opinions about product management, and thought to ourselves, Reddit could have theirs, but what about our speakers? So, Balan sent deep. I'd love to get your opinion on what is your controversial opinion about product management, and let's see if the other agrees. I can go. <laughs>
3: I think I've have heard and read quite a bit that product manager is the um, CEO of the product. Being a PM in the past few years, I think I see my role more as a as a facilitator and an enabler for other functions. Versus in the case of a CEO, you have influence with direct authority. While as a PM. You know, you you have to be able to wield influence, but do that by earning trust, building relationships—all the good stuff we talked about. Not necessarily with direct influence, direct authority, because you have none. Um, so, the product a product manager is a CEO is an opinion I would
1: not agree with. Well, that's not controversial. What you just said. Uh,
3: <laughs> I mean, there are uh, yes folks who 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 do believe that you know, a product manager is the CEO of the product. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought it up. Absolutely not. I often uh, relate that to being a parent where gee, odd, you just have to get it done. Like when you talk to your kids, there's there, you have to make sure things are happening. Whether you're good at it or not, you just make sure that it happens. That doesn't mean you're the CEO or people should listen to you. Uh, but yes, the, the fact is true that uh, uh, influence, influence without authority what? Is going to be super critical to have a super high impact. The most controversial thing that I have heard, it is very common, is we don't need product managers. We do. And very good product managers can make the difference, that difference between a very good product and a not so good product. And it is important that we at product managers really live up to the expectations and the job at hand to ensure that we are doing the right thing for the product and eventually our customers. Therefore, to ensure that that particular statement is not true anymore, uh, let us let us all, product managers, make sure that we are doing the right things, be it managing up, networking, being the right things that we do for our stakeholders, be the parent, be the bridge, be the support system that is always there, be the safety net that is always needed, we may or may not get all the love all the time. We may or may not get all the laurels all the time. But please trust me in when I say that product managers are very important and can really make or break a product.
4: You know, this is a rare moment on this show where we rarely talk. I think, Jeff, is. It? I don't think we've ever talked up product managers. Like we're always talking about ways to make it easier, ways to make it great. Can you keep me honest here, Jeff? Or Sumaya, like, why? Why don't we ever do that? What's going on here?
0: What do you mean we've never talked up product managers?
4: Well, we always talk about supporting them, but we never talk about how great they are. How and like, like they are the most important. It's almost weird. Like we, it's like no one likes to sell themselves or talk about themselves. I feel like we always talk about how much we can help them and how much the it's necessary that they exist, but not to the extent of like we need product managers, like the
0: chant, you know? Ah, I see. I feel like, Red, that we show them with our feet. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> you and me not being product managers, and yet every single week <laughs> we're here trying to uh, bring Sumaya's insights and the insights of everybody else. But I, I do agree. I don't know about necessarily the, the role. I, I know there's some controversy as to how many product managers are necessary, but I do always like to, to remind people that given the what the role is, it's a really important role uh, setting the priorities for innovation means we have the power or you have the power to create innovations that improve everybody's lives or a broad range of people's lives or continue to, to innovate in the ways that serve the few. So it is a very, with great power comes great responsibility, but I don't, we've never talked about whether we actually need product managers or that role, that those activities could be rolled up into somebody else's job title. And Sume, I'm curious uh, because you had a question about job titles. I'm curious for your perspective, red's trying to hype up the product manager. And do you think it, these responsibilities that are so awesome and important need to be in its own role called product manager, or should they be allocated elsewhere? Yeah, just give them to an
4: engineer, Sumea. They can do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a question. For someone who has built
2: their whole co- career on this concept. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I am co- completely, I'm completely biased, so I, I don't know. Uh I wanna. I, I just want to talk about the scenario where it doesn't really make sense to just have a role for a product manager if you don't need it. And that's the startups, truly. A lot of uh, CEOs and founders act as the product managers because they have the idea, the, the vision of the problem that they want to solve for. And a lot of times you find those guys are... Uh, and gals are the people who are working on the product with the engineers until they get to product market fit or they see some sort of traction and then they hire product managers into it. So just I'm not saying you don't need the, the function or the work that they do, but you might not see the title of a product manager in those kinds of situations. And it just comes uh, up. It, it's built into the founder role. And I've also actually seen products management roles in other companies where it comes up as either business analyst role, product owner role, or uh, project manager role. I, I mean, especially with legacy companies, uh, we are, most of us here, we, we're in tech companies. So it's very clear what kind of structure they use. But I'm thinking about Wall Street you know, grocery chains, uh, more legacy companies where their product management is a new concept there. But yes, you need product management.
0: (laughs) Bala Sandeep, what do you think? Uh, Do we need to put all these responsibilities that we put onto product managers? Do we need the product manager or should we or could we or when can you get by allocating some of those responsibilities elsewhere?
3: I was going to say, as Sandeep was mentioning, this is a controversial topic. At least the scale that some of these companies I've worked at operate, all you need to realize the importance of a product manager is to let a team function without a product manager for a couple months. <laughs> I love that, but <laughs> because they truly are the enabler um, that brings everything together. It, it takes a whole village to, to you know, to launch. Um, products and features and experiences that are used globally by millions and billions of people. And it's the reason the product manager role as an enabler, I think, came into existence and is so important is you just need a person who is able to tie it all together and be able to zoom out and zoom into the details like, you know, one person who enables the whole thing. So, Again, I think it's it's super critical, and Somiya also touched on this, especially as you're scaling and, and building products with global reach and such, it's, it becomes just so critical to have a PM. I, I
2: have to just highlight an example of actually a client I was working with uh, in over the past few months. They don't have a single person on their team with the title of product manager, but they have tech leads who act as products managers. So... I think I am in agreement. Uh, I just want to say that if someone is looking at different companies for a product management role, pay closer attention to like, the responsibilities that they have under maybe a different title. I was surprised. I've never seen this in other companies, but this is a, a company that has been around for decades and is worth billions. I think their valuation is about $60 billion or so. So I'm... Um, you know they're functional they don't have a single product manager but i've met their product managers and they all have the tech lead
0: title for some reason sandeep you get yep. about uh, 30 seconds if you could get your thoughts in and then we got to get everybody to concluding thoughts
1: absolutely you know bala had me scared when she said you know go for two months without product managers not happening the responsibility on us is too much that we as product managers cannot step out Yes, the role is absolutely needed. Is it overloaded? Absolutely. It is super overloaded right now. Uh, a lot depends, and that talks for the importance of the role. Um, it is overloaded because a lot of, a lot is required for the products. A lot is required to deliver stuff to customers. And therefore, product managers uh, take that role uh, for everything that's next man up. Product manager is there to take care of. Next person up, uh, product managers are uh, there to take up the uh, the role. So yes, it is absolutely important. At the same time, it is also important to recognize the team's needs and uh, show them, it's okay, be vocal about how each of us is bringing value to the team. And that way there is, like we talked earlier, there is no you know, opacity with respect to what to expect from a product manager and what a product manager uh, is expected to do. So yes, it's important and let's be open about how our contributions and how can we get better?
0: All right. Thank you, everybody. Speaking of contributions, Red, your contribution here today was, almost, I don't know, to say controversy, but we got some spirited discussion. So thank you, Red, for managing the stage. I want to get to concluding thoughts. Uh, the last uh, short little uh, pithy bullet points that you want to leave the audience with before they go on their day uh, or nights, depending on where they are. Uh, sume I know you have a, a time crunch. Concluding thoughts on managing up.
2: I think on uh, this show, we talked many times about building relationships effectively, emotional intelligence, managing through influence rather than authority. And I think this is just an extension of that conversation. The same skills of understanding people, understanding what matters to them is just as important here. It's just with uh, people who have a lot more influence, maybe in authority than you do. Than you do as an uh, as a PM, but fundamentally they're still just people, and so you know just as you have a difficult engineer that you have to work with every day, or a difficult architect, you also sometimes have a difficult boss or a difficult skip level. I encourage everyone to use the learnings uh, of those relationships in in across the board. It, it, it's not a siloed kind of. Uh, development. But cast a wide net, whether you call it networking or managing up either one, there is a little bit of nuance around the politics part of it. So this is where mentors especially those within the organization who have a sense of the political uh, things happening, the the unspoken words can become really important. So we didn't talk about mentors, but I think this is really an area where an internal mentor can be very helpful.
0: All right. Thank you, Samaya, for joining us every single week on how to succeed in product management. Now I want to turn to our guest, uh, Bala. Any concluding thoughts on managing up?
3: My concluding thoughts are around applying the term managing up To um, career growth. I think we talked a ton about managing up to reach alignment and to make sure we're aligned with the org's vision, so on and so forth. But the same rules of building relationships apply and they play a critical role in your career growth. A few things I'd add as parting thoughts for anyone who's not just an aspiring PM but wants to grow in their PM career path and manage up along the way um, is find sponsors and find allies. Find people who will, in your organization, um, in your direct line of reporting, who will advocate for you when you are not in the room. And this can be for your growth. It can be for ideas you're pitching. It can be for your point of view. But I think finding these people will take you a long way and help in your growth as a PM. And the next thing I'd say is, and this applies to both managing up in the context we talked about and also career, is ask for feedback. You don't have to guess if you're if or not you're doing a good job. Ask for feedback on how you're doing with managing up, with building trust, with working with a certain stakeholder. People usually are honest, and I think that further helps strengthen the relationship.
0: All right, Bala, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, as a side note, uh, thank you for all that you've done to build a more inclusive future. Uh, so I was uh, told by several people uh, that you've been doing some amazing things. So I wanted to to let you know that your work has gone noticed, uh, that somebody passed that along to me when they introduced us. So thank you.
3: Thanks so much for having me, Jeff.
0: Sandeep, what do you, would you like to leave the audience
1: with? Two things, networking, 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 Please work on building that relationship. We often say, let's cross the bridge when we get there. But what if that bridge is not there? So please work on building that bridge up front. And the last thing I would uh, leave everyone with is something that uh, you know, Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne De Rock Johnson says, said, be hungry, be humble, and be the hardest working person in that room. We will all succeed as product managers
0: there all right thank you sandeep for sharing your insights and also thank you for what you've done for inclusion i I met sandeep Uh, microsoft was a sponsor a gold sponsor on the inclusive product management summit And uh, they invited everybody in our accelerator program, the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator, uh, which is uh, empowering professionals from historically marginalized communities to land their first PM role. Uh, Microsoft uh, hosted them, and that's where uh, Sandeep and I connected. And it was great to see Microsoft letting the people in the program know Uh, that they're welcome and appreciated uh, within that organization. Real quick, before I turn it to Red for concluding thoughts, I do, since I'm saying that Microsoft was a gold sponsor on the Inclusive Product Management Summit, I want to acknowledge again our sponsors that made this event possible. It was such a cool event, sharing so many examples and frameworks uh, for developing more inclusive products. Zillow, Motorola Solutions... Axon and Microsoft were all gold sponsors, and Amazon came through at the highest level was, was platinum sponsors, and it just means the world to me and the Product Management Center here at the University of Washington to have such heavy hitter organizations putting their money and putting their time into building a more inclusive future. Uh, I think these things matter, and uh, they're noticed uh, when it's a, a team effort and not just uh, one organization carrying the boulder up the hill. Uh, we're 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 all in this together. Speaking of all in it together, Red. Man, we're in it together. You've been putting this out for almost over a year now, giving yourself to a more inclusive and better future. Concluding thoughts that you want to leave the audience.
4: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you to everyone who was able to attend tonight and all those who are listening out there in podcast land. Uh, Jeff, uh, I think this makes officially 50 recorded episodes. We've had non-recorded episodes, but I think that's a huge milestone for us in the community. We're here every Tuesday night, 4 p.m., and uh, alas sandeep you have inspired the most ultimate question of all should a pm exist and if a pm disappeared would anyone care <laughs> stay tuned for future episodes
0: <laughs> yeah i mean when you put it that way with a room full of pms i don't <laughs> it's not <that> way. <laughs> yeah oh, there you go jeff there you go I have one ask for those who are still listening. Uh, Red and I were discussing. We want you, I know there's just a few people here, there's a few people here in Clubhouse sticking around, but those of you listening on whatever your favorite podcasting app is, one, please rate this podcast if you can. That helps other people find it. And two, please tag the Product Management Center at UW. So if you tag at the product management, or sorry, you use the at sign to then tag the product management center at UW, tag us and and tell people what you're getting from the product management center here at the University of Washington, we want to hear from you what kind of impact this work that Red's putting in and all the countless volunteers are putting in to sharing insights and making knowledge uh, more accessible and, and spaces more inclusive. So if you get a chance, if you're still listening, head over to LinkedIn, just tag the product management center at UW and share uh, one thing that, uh, that the work that's been done has meant to you. We'd appreciate that. And we'd love to read those, amplify those and uh, connect with you there. So Sandeep and Bala, Thank you so much for your valuable time and insight, and we hope to have you back here on How to Succeed in Product Management.